Titi Hoovians presents In Conversation, The Sontarans. Presented by Spice Boy Comedy 96, special guests Dr. Matt Hu and Wassel Matt. One. Okay. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, uh, Titi Hoovians. Uh, I am James, aka Spice, Go- Spice Boy Comedy 96, uh, the most gayest thing on TikTok. Um, and today I have two marvellous, miraculous, mesmerising gentlemen. That uh, is uh, Matt yeah. and Matt Barrett. A. Oh, sorry, yes. AKA uh, Dr. That was Matthew. our cue. <laughs> that was our cue, and we failed miserably. <laughs> Yeah. A small piece you have failed in your mission. <laughs> don't, don't get drunk by me, me Strax. Oh, no, no, son. Oh, no. Oh, no, son. <laughs> yes, sorry. But yeah, so, so we've got Dr. Matt, Matt who with us today. And oh, I, I can't. Oh, Matt, and I'm, I'm, what's all Matt? That's, Matt. It, that's it. That's the it. oldest thing on TikTok. <laughs> old, oh, bless you. <laughs> The number age is just a number. Okay, so today our co- the conversation topic is our wonderful potato friends, the Silo. Um, it's not Silo. It's bleh. Very <laughs> spelled right. Oh my I god! Silo green. That's what I know. Green okay. potatoes. I don't think you should. That's not it, right? Sorry, yeah, I just thought we sp- sprang up. No, today we're going to be I'm talking sprang. about wonderful Sontarans. Oh, I can't even get the helmet off. Never mind. So, obviously, the Sontarans are um, one of the most uh, regular Doctor Who monsters throughout its 65 plus years. And I think what better better people to to talk about to talk about it. Um, we, we've got right here. So we're going to start off with their sort of the first time they came on, which was uh, in 1973, uh, Time Warrior, which was a John Pertwee story. And also it introduced the wonderful Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. So what do you think? Because obviously this story's got a lot of positive reviews and it's 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 held as one of really a great episode what do you what do you think this was a great ep- why was this a great episode and why this was a great introduction to the Sontarans hmm your time starts now <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's because um, I think it's one of the first times well I say not, not, not the first time but it's one of the rare times that the um the whole John Pertwee ever did actual, actual honest to God time traveling. Mm. Um, why it was, you know, it was brilliant for the Zontarans because you have a bloodthirsty race influ- influencing the af- affairs of an even bloodthirstier race mm. who literally, who literally said, Yes, I should, I should, I should, I should give you all guns. Just for the sheer shits and giggles, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it was. It genuinely, that's all it was. Hmm. Absolutely, and to think of it, it it was great to have. See, I'm not. I'm, well, I'm a fan of all the doctors, but I think with, with John Pertwee, I think it's always been the case of it. Were it should should have been called Doctor Who with special guest stars, 
units. <laughs> always the case of you've had the first. You've got you've got you you've you've always had unit, and it was great to kind of yeah have still have a little bit of unit in there, but have just a, a, again a proper historical um, adventure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the other way. Based around sort of Earth, and he didn't really go very far. Mm. And um, we've got to think about because that's before my time, don't you think? But very slightly. But oh, <laughs> but how old do you like to watch? Twenty-five. Forty, darling. Oh, I'm not quite old enough to remember cool. that old John. I have. Thank you, little. Thank you, little. Cool. 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 And I would have you. Have you both Find some, film, some footage of him? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I do think this is a really great, for, especially for like the first, a the first story of John Poetry's final season, and I think we have to look at just the just the the look of the Santaren, and of course that famous episode one cliffhanger, or it should be called lip hanger or, or tongue hanger. I mean, because, yeah, def, 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 definitely some sort of lip-smacking analogy. Sort of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they do that rather a lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they have to stick their tongues out. Clearly, clearly the helmets make their, their lips very dry. Yeah. I think so, some Tarvans like, suffer from chap lip. <laughs> 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 there is no facility oh, in the Sontaran Empire. <laughs> be taken down by chap lips and probing vents. Yeah, chaps or chaps. That sounds like a sontarich. No. Anyone who's not watched older Sontar, older older classic Q, they are a very different looking uh, Sontarans to what anybody may have watched the new Q. They are. And they're nasty. The new Q is a slightly slightly more dome headed. These ones are rugged. I think it's they were not a uniformed head. No. <laughs> no, and, the, and luckily, the, the one thing you, you know, that you've got to notice that, um, let's see, you jump forward to the David Tennant um, Sultan story. The, they're, quite, they're, quite, they're kind of loud and they're all sort of shouting Sontar yeah. now these they say the original Sontar uh, Lynx yeah, the no. Time Warrior he was a nasty bastard he oh, was just he, oh, they were just they were just uh, they were ghastly because they had absolutely no concept of any sort of caring you know as far as they were concerned humans were just there to be used as a tool you know, they just didn't cross their minds that you know you've actually got to feed these people, otherwise they're going to drop dead dead of exhaustion. And now they just didn't care. And the the violence it was you know was a lot. It was typical seventy staged violence, but it was it, it was nasty. It was gritty. It was like kind of you know a bit more. Uh. Yeah, I completely agree. I think with uh, definitely with with Sontarans, which actually. Um, it wasn't actually called Sontaran, it was supposed to be called Son- Sontaran or something That's like right, that. Yeah, and the story goes that um, the chap who played Lynx, he was pronouncing it Sontaran, and then they said, no, no, it's best pronounced Sontaran. He says, look, I'm the one playing the fucking thing, you know, I'm, I'm pronouncing exactly. it Sontaran. <laughs> like Australia, Australia, so I'm like, I am a Sontaran, I am going to pronounce it how the fuck I like. Oh my God, we're just... Where's the swear jar in this one? 
what was the chap's name? Um, was it Kevin Lindsay? Kevin, Kevin Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. I've, I've made some notes and kind of sort of like, because this was written by um, the legendary, was it written by Rob, the legendary writer Robert Holmes? Bob Holmes, yes, it was. Bob yeah. And, and you got. Um, and it was, it was, I'm, and I think he's, I'm praying to God that this story's true, is that they were about to do the handover of jobs. And Bob Holmes and Tim Sticks were, you know, they were pretty good, pretty good mates, but um, they were not above uh, setting each other up. And he said, look, Bob, just write me a medieval story with an alien. And he said, but I don't know anything about medieval stories. Well, just go and get the Ladybird Book of Castles and we'll go from there. Yeah. But the, the irony is that um, uh, Bob, Bob Ham's got his own back um, when Terence Sticks wrote Horror Fang Rock, Rock which oddly enough faced, had the Rutans. Mm. Yeah, there's a, good, there's a good symmetry in that. And um, he said, write me a story on a lighthouse. I don't know anything about lighthouses. Yeah, how do you like it there, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I just think it's a great story. I think it's a great... I mean, it was it was, a, was a great departure. Obviously, knowing that this is John's final season, it was great to kind of have John do something a little bit different. Mm. Well, it was the it was the typical um, start of season stunt that um, Barry Letts and Tony Sticks did. Every start of the season, they do something big and different to try and get bombs on seats. So. Um, yeah, that's why we that's why we had Autumn stories and, you know, and stuff like that. Something that was really sort of something to mark the occasion. And so we got new companion, new monster, and they went they went actually went time travelling it, it must have blown people away completely because we also had a brand new title sequence as well. So it was a whole in the budget. I was <laughs> saying, yeah, it was, it was a whole, it was a whole new ball game. That's it that season was a whole new ball game, really. We haven't spent all this money because we haven't got anywhere. So let's blow it all on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want potato-looking men. I want to they seem to fly. <laughs> but the last, but the last story of the season's got giant spiders. Oh, don't we? We're sorted. <laughs> I, 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 speaking of potatoes, I mean, although the, I think even though the prosthetics, I think for of its time, it's still really good. I'm still thinking. I just want knob of butter that I want to have some cheese and baked beans with, with, <laughs> with oh, um, j- uh, Jinxes. Uh, well, that was, well, I think it was down to the design. Uh, I think the chap who designed was Jim At- Atchison and he went on to do big, um, a big um, Oscar winner for his for his um, designs, for his design work. So you, you do, you see, so you look back at it and you see, you, you can tell that they're in, they're in really good hands. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm chatting away like a lunatic, you know. Back to Coma! But this is the thing, it's like, it's like back then, I mean, this was what, the, this would have, this would have come out after Christmas. And this is what, what kind of baffles me is that back then you would start a season just after Christmas, whereas nowadays you either start it, you either do a, a, an autumn season, or you start at the beginning of the year. It's mm. it's a weird it's a weird thing it's to weird thing, yeah, sort of do, isn't it? The people doing the special effects must have been just like, oh, right, we need you guys to create these characters. You know, give them a little bit of uh, history and be like, right, come on, I, I want to see some of the concept concept arts of what they thought a Sultan would look like before they actually. That would have been. I, know, I just, I just want some been bloke curious, with yeah. six years. I'm going. That, 
Potato. Oh, potato. Let's make them look like a potato <laughs> in the suit. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, if you're going to go down that analogy, you know, the um, where are all the greatest Doctor Who monsters designed is usually the BBC canteen. So yeah, obviously, yeah. it was made potatoes that day. Daleks must have been salt and pepper pots on the tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Foil or sort of like tin foil or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> looks looks at it and goes, lads, <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> Here we've got a jellyfish on the menu. Oh, God, that'll look like a root in that would. <laughs> well, this is the thing, like, this is very. Because obviously in the 1970s, and obviously uh, the Sontarans had three, uh, two other appearances in the 70s, um, which we'll go on a bit later. But it's great to kind of have that gun-ho, that war aspect, that kind of sort of fight, fight, fight. Especially when around that time there was a lot of anti-war imagery, there was a lot of anti-war rights, there was obviously Vietnam, I believe, around that time. Or, you know, there was these things of, you know, and Doctor Who, as always, kind of puts the, puts the, the finger on the button of, I feel, kind of sort of taking and critiquing human human life and then put it in a monster form so that get away with it that way. Yeah. They well, that's why they're pushing the button, just pushing the boat a little bit further yeah. and kind of get away with it because, oh, it's not real, it's a monster and they don't exist, do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, well, there was a there was a quote in the story um, where the Doctor just describes the Sontaran to Sarah Jane he says, nasty, brutish, and short. And I think I, I think they got that. I think Bob Hounds had got that line from... Um, he was, he was re- reading a poem about life. And when he, when he you know, when he said nasty, brutish, and short, he sort of said, right, that, that'll do it. But I think that with the time warrior, it was... Um, <clears throat> this was a lot more... Um, this was a lot, a lot more of a uh, historical fantasy story. Because luckily, not every story of Doctor Who um, at that point was all about social commentary. In fact, they left that until the set of the next story, which is Invasion the Dinosaurs, and then it was all social commentary. Whereas yeah. this one, they wanted they wanted aliens and knights and castles and um, gags with smoke bombs and bombs and st- stuff like that. I mean, one of my favourite sequences in that whole story is when they're storming um, the castle and the Doctor fights them off with um, smoke and stink bombs. I mean, just the sheer genius of the plan. And the thing is, it's it's shot really well because that sequence, you watch it, and Lynx is on this little hillock, just just standing there looking very imposing, just watching these childlike beings, beings, you know, trying to, you know, off one another. And he's probably standing there going, oh, bless. They're too young to know. We wanted the first batch. <laughs> Fresh out the clone tank. Nowadays that would be like Dan Stark in a suit and then just you know, digitally but that it, that was that was like a lot of extras to to mm. to, to like, was, yeah. make costume department was like, right. You know, we need about fifty of these. Really? Okay. When do you want them for? Next week. Oh shit. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. The people are really good at um, the one thing the BB's always good at is uh, period costumes. So when when so when the designers say, "Oh, we're going back to the medieval period," it probably takes a lot of stress stress off them because all they've got to do is to the costume shop down the road, which is a big warehouse. 
where they keep oh, all the historical costumes, wheel them all out, <laughs> and they just, they, you know, they, they just sort of get anybody. Like, this, is that going to fit you? No, never mind. Let's just stick it on anyway. You know, you <laughs> stick it on. We'll just, we'll just put some pins in the back. It'll be fine. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, this is exactly how they did it. This is exactly how they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Gaffer, take you in. That's great. <laughs> the um, to see uh, June Brown, aka Dot Dot Branning kind of as a as a medieval princess all i just wanted wanted her just to have a like a some sort of medieval cigarette going oh thy safe sauce <laughs> i mean it's, I, oddly, oddly enough um it's it's quite it's quite because i never watched these centers i just can't stand it it's just pff, bollocks no. um so whenever whenever somebody said somebody tells you know Years later, somebody says, "Oh, Doc Cotton was in that," and I was just like, "Who the fuck's Doc Cotton?" Looking at me as if I don't know what I'm talking about. And she was quite a, you know, quite a force to be reckoned with in that story as well. Mm. No, really she was very, was. very girl, very almost very girl power, very kind of like. I mean, you've also had to look at Sarah Jane Smith as well to think of. Oh you no, know, Sarah Jane was all girl power, man. All girl power. Oh. That, Oh, we needed that. I definitely think they they definitely needed needed that complete contrast to Katie, who yes, yeah, was a great companion. But we needed someone who was a much more dead, steady, and it's, not trying to be the damsel in distress. Yeah, well, well, th- well the thing is, like, I mean, they still played the, the damsel in distress card, but I think they wanted to have um, another degree of um, toughness because, like I say. Um, Joe, Katie, Katie Manning's character, she was she was very she was very moralistic. So by the end, she was off fighting the good fight in her own way. Whereas when you get Sarah Jane, you know she's proper in your face, telling you to go fuck yourself because you're a man. <laughs> but the thing is, she was a lot stronger at the start of her era, and they sort of softened her as time went on. And I just thought if she stayed like that, then you know. God knows what they, what they, you know, it would have been. I, I think it would have been even better. But you know, that's that's just me. Yeah. Well, then, so that, so it's great to also then, in within a year's time, go on to the next um, Sontaran story. Uh, ah, yeah. Sontaran experiment, the two-parter that always kind of sort of like, how on earth can you do a two-parter with a song with? With, with Sontarans or do something of that calibre and kind of sort of have, okay, we've got Ark in space and we're going to have Genesis of Daleks. We now we need a two-parter of just 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 set it in a field. Well, it works. Well, the thing is, well, if, you had, mm. if, you had four, if you had four episodes traipsing around Dartmoor, I think it'd get a bit daft because there's nothing to cut back to unless they were, you know, unless they sort of really intercut it with, um, with Ark in space. Um, but like I said, the only reason why it was two parts is because Genesis was six, mm. and each, they had a number they had a number of episodes per season. So when you get to Genesis of the Daleks, Terminator gives them six episodes, and it's a, what's, where are we going to get to? It's a, oh, just wheel them in, the, and this is the thing: the, the Sontarans by that point, they'd all still got the costumes, and um, the, the, they kind of they kind of got reused through time. Simply because they were convenient. It's just like, well, they traipse around, they shout at people, they shoot people, and they're just relatively mean. Mm. That's a good go to. <laughs> the kind of clone, well, the other clone race, but they're kind of, yeah, they're almost stormtrooper type. Yes. Doctor Who villain mm. people. Yes, very much. They all so, need yeah. to look uniform and 
we've got all that out the back, so that's mm-hmm. fine. We'll just go back down mm-hmm. to that storage unit and <laughs> yeah. get them out of mothballs, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And the thing is, it's a great... To, to me, the Sontaran experiment is a great when you kind of... Uh, I mean, it's a good it's a good story because a it's two episodes and you could almost kill kill on an hour if you had an hour to kill. Say if you were like I don't know on oh this is this is pre obviously pre COVID times, but if you were on the but on the bus or if you were on the train or if you're on, like if you're traveling somewhere and you needed uh, like an hour if, an hour to watch something, you've got that type of story. <clears throat> and you know, and I think in the VHS. Uh, in the VHS, um, it was always obviously paired with um, Genesis of the Daleks. So it was almost kind of sort of like you were watching a double feature. You would have this kind of sort of dark more kind of feel to it, kind of horror to, horror to it. Because obviously, you know, they don't look the most pleasant, do they? Uh, no, the... but that was the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing is, the um, with the with the VHS, the VHS was the first, um, I suppose, not the first double video set, but it was the first story double pack. I remember that being a really big thing because um, I was young enough to be there when they first came out on VHS. I mean, you're way too young, you know, you know. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, how old? Are you, I mean, how old are you? I am twenty. I've just turned twenty-five. I've just, I've yeah. I've just turned twenty-five. Twenty-five. So, I remember those days. I remember. I was just saying. So what? So what? You? you what have you been born? Ninety. 19- I was born. I was born nineteen ninety-six. The year 96, dear God. Oh, it's just. It's old, isn't it? I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think the TV movie's older than this guy. Let that sink in, people. The TV movie's older than him. Sorry, I shouldn't pick up the host. Because I used to have, and this is showing my, well, this is showing my generation. I used to have like Tots TV, Rosie and Jim, Doctor Who. I can remember having Vengeance on Barros as a as a VHS and watching it at my nan's. Mm-hmm. Thinking this is too, this is not right for you. You're too young to watch it and whatever. No, but, well, that that is nonsense. Because I'll tell you something, right? Backpedaling ever so slightly. I was, I must have been about three. I was three years old, and oddly enough, Time Warrior was the first Doctor Who VHS I ever owned. Ooh. Yeah, I said, now about that for ironic. And oddly enough, Sontaran Experiment was probably the the next one that I got. Mm. So they, they sort of turned up on subsequent birthdays and, and Christmases. Mm. So, so and I do remember when watching the Time Warrior one on VIG. I remember Sontaran Experiment being quite excited actually. It was, it was, it was fast. It was literally yeah. one, one of those videos you could always. I used to watch videos before I went to school, like a lot of you know, like a lot of us did. So it'd always be one to be able to watch before I went to, went to school. But the, I remember the Time Warrior absolutely terrified the living crap out of me because it was just because there was, was just. There's something about the atmosphere of it all. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, you look back at it. There's nothing inherently frightening per se. You know, when you, I mean, you sort of wonder what Mary Whitehouse was always having a bitch about. Sometimes the hair was all shot as well, don't it? Yeah, that's, that's very true. And it was quite filmic. 
it's the cinematography i think definitely obviously because we're reaching that kind of the golden era of doctor who and you've got to think of the cinematography and the way things are shot and the costumes the sounds the music and just how and you know with in a way that you know obviously the Sontarans are part of that golden era they are actually it's, it's i suppose it's the um i wouldn't exactly call it the tail end of the of the monster era because you know it's it's just to think everyone says the monster era and they instantly think the pat Droughton era and they say well where did where does that era kind of end really because i mean there was some i mean you talk about classic monsters you you see you wait until the zygons turn up in tom baker's era that's another that's another one for another time <laughs> but you know you might you might some towns do occupy that 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 sort of like quite a noble place in the pantheon of monsters in the carnival of monsters i mean they're not i mean i've watched it now and i'm like what they're, they're not sort of scary once they take their helmets off because it's just like it's a potato face and they're doing that a lot but like back then it's like it's just that eerie way of them helmeted on and just that yeah, I suppose it's a. I suppose it depends on which way you look at. It. I mean, as an adult, you look at the, the you know, takes its helmet off, and you just think, you know, you, you can't help but chuckle. It's a potato. But to a, but to, yeah, to a kid, especially yeah, to a to a three year old, this is some this is something dark, this is something dangerous, and this is something to be really scared of, you know. And See, I remember and that's the thing. We were this is... back now. I'm like, I don't remember why I was scared of these people. <laughs> It's true. It is. It is. It is. It is absolutely, absolutely true. But, it's, but like I say, it's it's all about the, that. That's the that's the wonderful, the wonderful childlikeness of Doctor Who, is that you don't quite know what it is that scared you. You just know that this was either either terrifying or thrilling. Yeah. You, know, you were excited. You know, you're excited when you know if you knew that the Sontarans were going to turn up. You know, you were sort of waiting with bated breath. You're just like, come on, come on. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I definitely think, go. I think, yeah, I think with, with the Santaran experiment, I think it's a great, it's a great, it's, it's well, I say it's a great um, appetizer for obviously the two stories ahead. Mm. So you, you sort of got like, I always, I always see it as Santaran experiment is the, the starter. Genesis of Daleks is the main course, and Revenge of the Cybermen is kind of the dessert that you not regret having, but you have it because you want to you want to have your free set course and part of the meal. <laughs> Revenge of the Cybermen was it was it was it was a dessert. It's a dessert that you wish was a little better. But, yeah, you know, we could argue about that one another time. But um, <laughs> it's, I think I think it's what's sort of quietly become known as the Time Ring trilogy. Um, which you know to, I mean, to, to show that they don't, uh, you know, they don't hold um, the arc in space. But let's say I, I like to think of it as the timing trilogy because that I meant the, the rare, I mean, the rare case where they're actually traveling without the TARDIS. And very, it's very unusual of of that time. Was this the first time ever that they traveled in time without the TARDIS? Mm. I, you know, I would. I mean, if you if you squinted a lot, you could argue that the the, the war games back in Pat Trotton's 
it, you know, they were they were dealing with time travel, and that that kind of had TARDISes involved. But to actually physically not have the Doctor piloting the TARDIS, I think it was one of the rare, one of the very few rare times that that actually did actually happen. Mm. And so then we go on to um, 1978's Invasion of Time, which... Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, first of all, Bernard Cribbins, Sontarans, that's all I have to say. They they look he, they look like Bernard Cribbins. They seriously do. How you see Bernard Cribbins really does disturb me. <laughs> well, I see him as something very different. I see him as... I was going to say, I, you know... It's a, an old chap with a red. I was. Beanie on. I mean, the th- I mean, the thing is, I I'm one of, I'm one of these rare few. I can't see why the Sontarans were in it. Because mm. I mean, like I say, f- four parts. It could have been Doctor Who and the Bardens. That would have been that would have been quite acceptable. And so when the when the Sontarans turned up and they had that. The run around the corridors that were supposed to be inside the TARDIS, but were clearly not inside the TARDIS. It just felt so tacked on. Mm. Like, you know, we've got these episodes to fill. We've got some Suntarmans now, go on, that'll do. Just bong them in. Yeah, we'll, 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 tack, we'll, we'll tack another story onto it. And it just felt so out of place. And the thing is, it's always marketed as a Suntaran story, but they do not turn up until the end of episode four. I mean, mm. it just. It, yeah. <laughs> if it's a story, then it needs to be from the start, not halfway through. Yeah. Well, at the very least, they turn up at the end of episode one or two, like, yeah. like the Cybermen do. And there's some kind of lead up to it, not just. Yeah, exactly. Not sort of a minute there. What are they doing here? Yeah, unless you know, it's, it's like everything that went on with the Vardens, and all of a sudden the Sun Towers. It felt like the Sun Towers were literally just passing, and just said, "Hang on a minute, Gallifrey's <laughs> open." Lads, I've got an idea. <laughs> it's almost like that doctor. Gallifrey is almost like that services that you kind of so if you're going on a long journey and you want to stop for a for, for a. Oh, for a Gallifrey! They do really amazing get... coffee. Let's go in there. <laughs> hey, Gallifrey's open. Way, let's have it, lads. <laughs> it's like a it's like a boozy coach trip just turns up. <laughs> We're here now. <laughs> Coach ship and Doctor Who, and it's just like a game. I mean, let's be honest, Sontarans and Sontarans and straight men. I'm sorry, but there's a little bit of. I mean, you know, you could you can imagine or like sort of like going to a like a football match. You could definitely see some some Sontaran-esque kind of feel to it. Sontarans, the Millwall supporters of the Doctor Who world. And they've got their own chant as well. Not many, <laughs> not many, not many villains in Doctor Who have got their own song. That's true. <laughs> Which I'm not sure adds to the. I want to say I don't want to say creepy. That's not the right word. <laughs> the eerie. Well, but you're, I think you're, I think you're on the right track, actually. Yeah. But, you can just imagine, it, can't you? Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, Doctor. <laughs> But I think, yeah. I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get lynched on the way in. <laughs> time, I think it should have, I completely agree with you. I think it should have, if it was a six part story, you should have had three parts with the Vandals or whatever, Vandorol or whatever. Oh. That's, that's it. And then sort of like episode three, 
have that cliffhanger of, okay, we've now got the Santarans to deal with. Therefore, you've got, I would have thought it would have been, that would have been, I think, a little bit better to have, you know, to, to, to have that. But obviously, and also this is Leela's, I, I, Leela's departure story as well. And I obviously have Britbox, um, good old Britbox, £5.99 a month. This is not sponsored by Brickbox. Um, it's not that I got, you know, the main reason why I got, I got it is so I could watch loads of Doctor Who without having to get my huge DVD collection out from the garage. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, it was really not, I was skipping loads of things. And that's what I, I, I don't like sometimes about Doctor Who is that I'm skipping loads of things. And like, this could have been, again, liquidized. It, this could have been melted with acid. And we were not melted with acid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, the, the whole the whole thing about the invasion of time as a story, it's so haphazard. So the thing is, you can actually skip parts of it, and you haven't quite missed all that much because all everything that they do in episodes one to four with the Vardens, they're doing in episodes four to yeah, five to whatever it is, and. It's pretty much the same runaround up, up until the very end, when all of a sudden this mighty weapon of Rassilon turns up, and you know all of a sudden there's, there's this there's this hand grenade made out made out of a tape case and two plastic tubes that can you know that can destroy the entirety, obliterate the entire stellar system, and you can actually watch it and just go, yeah, it was a bad day. They were just sort of typing furiously. You can tell. <laughs> And all of a sudden, by the way, when they were doing that, oh, by the way, Louise Jamson's uh, contract's run out. Well, what do you want me to do? So, well, write him out. How she falls in love with a dude. The end. (laughs) (laughs) The most pointless departure of a companion ever. (laughs) No, with that type of companion, she should have sacrificed her life. That would have made it more interesting, you know, instead of. I mean, I can understand if Leela wanted to stay on Gallifrey and teach them how to become, uh, you know, teach them you know, the chance of regard to become some sort of force. That would have been quite acceptable uh, because that would have that would have still worked in the Gallifrey audios that came subsequently. But to just marry her off with this bloke that a she's only just met and. B, she makes most of the story. She thinks he's a he's a confounded pill. It's, it's she's kind of got um, Anna from Frozen syndrome. Like for the first time in forever, she, you know. I could just imagine that. I love how I'm just compared. I'm, I'm making this <laughs> podcast incredibly camping gay, and I'm here for it. Um, oh my god, just imagine Sontaran singing Macho Man. Oh no, that's happening. That's happening. We would like to offer the audience a consistent amount amount of mental bleach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it takes macho to... macho man. Macho man. Come on, everybody. <laughs> macho man. <laughs> macho man. <laughs> I want to be a macho man. <sighs> I can't go low. I can't go low for two. I can't. 
Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this bastard sober. I'm telling you. No, no, me neither. Sorry, um, Abby, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so the next story and the last classical classic appearance of the Santarans is the two doctors, which, um, which I will have to say, is quite a unique story. What is it ever? Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. But the thing is, it's, it's. I mean, obviously, it does include the Sontarans, but they're not. They've now kind of. They're not the main villain. They're now the the henchmen. Yeah, well, like I say, it does fall into what Matt said is that they they fall into the into the stormtrooper category. They're there to be. They're there to be tough and do all the action, or what little action there was. But the difference is with the two doctors, is that. Um, I do remember what I do remember when I saw it for the first time on VHS. There was a lovely sense of occasion about it. Is that you know that, that little screen appears and you see the three um, ping pong balls that were supposed to be Santarvan ships. But the feel and the music and the whole build up is the fact that you know, these are Santarvan battle cruisers. They're coming this way. We are all in deep fucking trouble. Mm. And I, I, that's a, a lot better way of setting them up. In this case, that they are coming. They are on the way. Run. Mm. And so there was that there was that lovely there was that lovely sense, but the fact is we didn't actually get to see them until about halfway through because this is the time when these were forty five minute episodes. Yeah. So when the Sontaran finally does turn up, yeah, it's a little underwhelming because yeah, the, the, when we only saw like this three fingered hand and the, the laser beams and everything else, it was quite exciting. But then we see them, and all of a sudden, they're lanky. When did they suddenly, you know, all of a sudden, somebody added two foot, and all of a sudden they went thin, and the mask didn't fit, and the collar didn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> we saw disappointment. It's beat for beat. Potatoes to lanky, skinny beans. Yeah. They've they've become, they've become jacket potatoes to French fries at this point. Yeah. They'd be deep fried, is what they've done. They're deep, they're <laughs> well, they, well, they did in the Spanish eaters, I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, who actually thought that was a brilliant idea? Let's get these monsters that are made of tinfoil and rubber, and we'll take them to one of the hottest places on Earth. This, this, and make them and make the poor bastards bake. But the thing is, that's the thing is that is that is J and T. You know, oh, we've got we've got Patrick Charlton, we've got Fraser Hines. Um, let's go to Spain. Because obviously, during that time, during that time, because um, I've done, I've watched a lot of um, like uh, civilian history stuff from like, the BBC. So, like for example, um, what's it called? Um, back in time for tea, or back in time for the weekend. At that time, Spain was a huge holiday destination, and you get you used to go there quite cheap, in in a sense. So you know, it's kind of sort of like them going to Amsterdam or going to Paris. It's a, uh, oh, we're going to go to Spain. You know, we're going to do the, all these locations. But I completely agree with you. Don't, you know, with the with the Sontarans, I think they had a strong start in this story. But once they basically had a pee, mushy pee facial, and were literally gagging, literally, then they start to. It just. I don't know, like, I think for me, I don't remember the two Doctors as a Sontaran story. I just remember it as... Another story with Sontarans in. (laughs) Yeah, another story with Sontarans in. 
I think, you know, they could have, again, if they had the budget and if they had the, the wise the wise heads that they had in hindsight, I think they could have done more Sontaran-esque because they could have literally, instead of getting everyone getting an individual Sontaran mask, they could have just had like like five, six, six of these and just, you know, have that, have that and, you know, just with some, with some wizard, wizard TV, make that invasion more better. Or, or have, or have, you know, something like that. Yeah, so I agree with that. I mean, I mean, the thing is, when you watch, when you watch those later um, Sontaran stories, you do get the feeling that they've gone from, you know, the, this incredible militaristic power to um, kind of, kind of like. The, Shall, shall I try put me, shall, shall I try put my fucking teeth back in? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Let's <laughs> say put your dentures yeah. back. Okay. So um so really it's I mean basically the, the goods um sort of similes it's like if you look at the Jadoon now, they're sort of guns for hire. And I, you do get the impression that they were kind of testing the water. To see if they could do that with the Santorans, because that way they could roll them out any time that they liked, in theory. Where you know, but <clears throat> but you know, then you, you sort of felt the pause. Of, well, what happened to the war with the roots? And you know, and you know, it's I get the feeling that they, they got caught between ideas and it, it just sort of, sort of fizzled out. It was a shame, really. It's a real shame. It was, it was, it was a shame, and especially in hindsight, knowing that this was going to be the final appearance. Um, in the classic era it's kind of a bit of a you know it's not like with the Daleks their final appearance it's probably one of the greatest Dalek stories of all time or you know you've got Silver Nemesis yeah it's you know not the best Sidemen story but you know it's I I, I, I quite like watching Silver Nemesis I'm one of, one of the, the select few but then obviously Oh no, you go first. Hmm. No? Okay, cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. No worries. Don't worry, Abby. I think is going to probably cut cut this out. <laughs> all that. Abby. I like Silver Nemesis. I don't know why people give it such a bad rap. <laughs> I know. I know. I like I like Silver Nemesis. I, I love the music of that of that period. Oh, I love. Dear Kev. <laughs> oh God, just that. Yeah. So in two thousand and eight. Um, Helen Rayner was given the task to bring back uh, the Silurians in the Silurian. Silurian Sontaran. Air. Rewind, rewind. So in 2008, um, series writer Helen Rayner um, was given the task to reintroduce the Sontarans back into the modern series in the Sontaran Stratagem and Poison Sky. I can remember. When, I, when the trailer came out and me knowing of the Sontarans and seeing kind of little flashes of the, Sont the new Sontarans, thinking, oh, this is exciting. Mm. Matt, do you want to go, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, do you want to go first this story? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, when you see them and you're like, oh, hello, this is, you're kind of expecting this is going to be sort of slightly Jadoon-esque kind of like because that's in my head that's what that's a 
they're akin to is that sort of yeah. race of not necessarily noble warriors, but they've got their own sort of versions of they've got their own ideals of what is noble and not and mm. to cry in glorious battle and all of a sudden they start sounding a little bit like Klingons because that's what Klingons like to do as well. They die in glorious battle. Die in glorious battle. Yeah, and I, I do like. I mean, when I saw them, I was I hadn't really seen much of the classic Sontars by then, but the whole uniform look and that they're all the same. Dan Starkey height, all five foot whatever. <laughs> five foot nothing, but he sort of yeah. took the Sontarans back to the yeah. roots. But the genius part, the absolute genius part, is that the Sontaran leader was played by Christopher Ryan. Who I just think is probably the greatest. You know, I mean, like I said, the nicest man you will ever meet in your life as well. Because I met him, oh. I met him. Oh, love, lovely, sweet, gentle, quiet man. I know him from Abfab. I know, I know him, and he was obviously in Mind Warp. I know him as. Well, like I say he was. Uh, like I say he was in Mind Warp, and he's he's done a, a, a couple of couple of other things. But um, for him to be. The, you know this, this you know general style i just thought was the most inspired bit of monster casting that had ever been because he just he's got he's got the right voice for it he put the right tone in it um and he's, he's he, you know you sit and you listen to him and you're just thinking it felt like the Sontarans that we've always wanted yeah, because they are—they are—they are dedicated to war, and they will bark and they'll—they'll—they'll they'll, they'll shout and they'll scream and they'll get ever the so excited. This is how we do it. And if you don't like it, take an acid pill and bugger off. <laughs> you dishonour me, sir! You know, and that's—that's that's a brand of military honour as well. Mm. It was just—it was just—it was just lovely. It was just lovely to see that. And like I say, first time we see um, Dan Starkey as well. Yeah, as his uh, his second in command. <laughs> yes, almost almost does 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 his uh, his his two B Strax voice, but not quite. Yeah, also. <laughs> well, this part, well, this part, the, the the kind of the kind of you know laying the foundations of, yes. and then the whole yeah, twerp of the boy helping them. Oh, oh, um, oh him, yeah. <laughs> Just, again, what is it about boy geniuses in Doctor Who that you just everyone yeah. just says, just slap him? The classic line is where Intruder, how did he get in? Intruder, Intruder window. window. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. I mean, it was it was lovely to see David Tennant up against a classic monster like that. He, he mm. felt it just felt right. He, you know, they'd actually, and I, I mean, I love the way that you could tell that these were some time, and you know, they, these were involved some time. And they're actually back to. The military empire that they were supposed to be so the ships are still that sort of circular diamond effect but they're actually like they're proper heavy cruisers now and yeah. it just every single everything about that story the way what they were up to and you're just thinking hang on cars as weapons how's this gonna, how's this gonna work and then you find out what they're up to and you're just thinking this is so good <laughs> so good isn't it and that's what i think what was what's great about it is that you take a, a fear, a, a very 21st century fear of, okay, driving cars, they're causing CO2 emit, CO2 pollution, they're basically choking us, slowly choking us to death. Let's amplify that and actually kind of use that as a way for them to invade. And obviously, again, 
what's great about Sontarans is it's all it's also about cloning and that really creepy I mean I've just had a bath and I've kind of almost recreated that scene of uh, of that that white alien sort of coming out of the bath mm. uh, just 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 coming out that's me and that's me in the bath by the way you know just me coming out just, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that yeah that's sort of that um, uh, sometimes strategy I think it was wasn't it yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it kind of yeah with their with their sort of the use of using cars as a weapon because I've listened to um, the Heroes of Santa which is an audio um, book for oh. the, uh, for, yeah. and, and it's, it's it's kind of similar to what they did in that is that you know they would t- want to take over a planet so they just literally just bombard it with this moth type stuff that then basically destroys the entire planet it's then, but that's on a more technological scale of we're not using moss we're going to kill everybody with gas mm. yeah. and just <laughs> Put our flag down, and this is our planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but I did. Well, I tell you what I did like about the Santarvan, that Santarvan story is the fact that it was plus the fact we got units. Yes, Unit versus the Santarans. If that does not make a fanboy wee his pants, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true. To have kind of sort of. I think unit definitely having unit and Sontarans as your kind of sort of it's like obviously I mean I didn't really necessarily have it as a as a child but um, you have your army toys and you kind of sort of you know you have your Sontarans and you, mm. you do your battle simulators and, and stuff like that you know you got to think of you know just have one army against another army and just think how similar they are and not everything's so black and white. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what's, what strikes me is the fact that the Santarans strategy in The Boys of Sky, it really is a love letter to the 70s. I mean, it's, it's got everything, it's got the lot. You've got, you've got, you've got, the, you've got the Santarans and you've got units and the Doctor's now the scientific advisor again. And there's the, the bitching in the back, the, the back and forth thing of, you know, the doctors are very anti-military, and the military just wants to just go in and shoot everything. And the the, the villains—they've taken over a factory in the middle of the home counties. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of guns, and yeah, there's lots of guns, and there's lots of there's lots of running about and fighting and screaming and special effects, and also that like I say that environmental social commentary. It has mm-hmm. literally got everything beat for beat. If you took out jo- um, David Tennant and put John Pertwee in, it wouldn't, you know, it, you just thought, you just sw- swore down it was a John Pertwee story. Do you know what? I haven't seen it in, in that particular light, but now you mentioned it, it is the love letter to 72. The only thing that thing, that story is missing is Bessie. Like, yeah. The only it's thing. Cool. Back. Even if it was just like just a, a shot, or so, to say, oh, Doctor, we've we've got this, yeah. and like have Bessie kind of have a like a one final moment. I think they I should. Think, you know, I think that's I think it's a good job that we didn't get Bessie then, because if they had decided to blow Bessie up, the furor would have been. What <laughs> <laughs> to say? Russell T would have been lynched. It could have been oh, the only car that didn't have an Atmos system on them. Yeah, I was just say. Be- 
Mind you, I always, I always thought Bessie had her own, um, had her own artificial intelligence. So they, so they try and put the Atmos system on, and she spit it out. <laughs> so she, you know, it's a case of you know, not going on mine. Doctor, we, <laughs> doctor, we've got a jeep for you. He says, oh no, 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 no. You know what I'm, you know what I'm after. Says, oh, that means we've got to drive it. And all of a sudden, this thing comes up, and then Bessie's there. That is, that would have been, that was the only thing that that story was missing. I mean, that would have, if Bessie had turned up, that would have been held, held as one of. David Tennant's greatest stories. It very much, very much so. And so we then come to kind of, well, uh, to a, a very famous Sontaran that M- Matt B. Uh, Matt <laughs> I have no I don't know who you talk about. Never heard of him. <laughs> if you, that, yeah, so we're going to speak about like the comic, comic uh, relief of who. <laughs> Of, of the Paternoster gang, I love the fact that we've we've got a villain. It's great that they kind of took the idea of okay, here is a typically a villainous race. Let's give let's give him kind of an anti-hero kind of story. Hmm. Yes. So the fact that he's picked up because he's doing penance and is now a yeah, goes off to a good man, goes to war and helps. Helps uh, the doctor mid battle. I hasten to add, he's literally in the middle of some kind of Santar and battle, presumably with the Rutons, but I don't know because we never actually see the Rutons, do we? No. We hear of the Rutons, but we don't actually ever see. I had to Google what a Ruton looked like, and all that comes up is that jellyfish. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's literally a green. <laughs> the, the Rutons are literally a, a green jellyfish blob. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure were, how it, how is that contagious anyway. Well, the idea was the idea was was six when he was writing Horror of Fang Rock. Um, they said, you know, what's the monster going to be? And I think he literally just sat there and says, "We've never seen a rootin before, have we?" It was literally a random thought, mm-hmm. and he thought it would be it would make sense that because the Santans are so defined and they're so you know everything you know for a clone species everything's got its place. And the the antithesis of that is this globulous up itself jelly <laughs> who thinks it's harder than this you know militaristic clone race. You know, so yes. in that sense, he's he's absolutely right. It makes perfect sense to have those kind of opposing forces. Mm-hmm. It's um, so yeah, he sort of uh, yeah picked up by the doctor, goes and helps out a good man, goes to war, and then kind of the doctor buggers off, and um, <coughs> he then gets. <coughs> Taken by uh, uh, Madame Vastra and Miss Jenny Flint in Paternoster becomes the butler. Uh, <laughs> I must admit, the Sontar and Butler was probably the most, most the brilliant thing, thing I'd like, ever seen in my life. But it's like, it's like obviously in, in Paternoster, you don't really see them too much because they, they crop up again in Crimson Horror, but they've obviously got their own audio stuff on Big Finish as well, which is brilliant I've listened to all of it but it's just the fact that obviously Madame Vastra wanders around London with a veil and Strax is just walking around looking like a potato and no <laughs> one seems to bat an eyelid yeah. in Victoria I, I think this is the difference Madame Vastra <coughs> is very much aware of the um yes. the the, uh, the bigotry and the uh, there's, there's, a, there's another word you know the, the, the sort of the, the single mindedness yeah. of, of humanity especially Strax towards a woman yeah whereas Strax behold behold this field for it is where Strax grows his fucks 
know that it be barren. Certainly not a fuck he's given. I know. He's he's very much kind of sort of punch first, think later. Oh, he's definitely punch first. Yeah. He's just not allowed to because Madame yeah. Bastard won't let him. And they <laughs> melt him in acid. I've been eating Jenny's lemon lemon fancies again. No. Madam wondered if you needed any grenades. Grenades. She may have seen help. Is that kind of sort of yes? He's he's the military. Well, so say that the military tactician and stuff. But it's yeah. like his first reaction is let's blow it up. Let's run in there. Let's do this. Let's do that. It's like, and I still want to know whether he. Whether he wears the unit, whether he wears the, the butler's outfit on top, although actually no, because in one of the in one of the the Paternoster game audio books, it arrives in a cart. So he's there on the banks of London. Presumably, a, a cart pulls up and he gets his uniform out. And I've just got visions of a naked Strax, <laughs> which is a very stressing. It's a very disturbing image. Yes, I think he's uh, a, like a centaur and. Kitless, because there was um, there was a there was a comic strip actually. You should, you should go, you should go and look this up. It was a spin-off um, comic strip uh, where they had um, a Cyberman with a soul called Croton, oh. and he has a running with the Sontarans. And one of the panels is um, a Sontaran clone match, and literally these tanks open, and these th- the, the Sontarans stagger out, and they got the three. They got the three, the three fingers Finger. on the claws, and they got um, they're actually dual clawed feet. So there's actually just two claws on the feet, and it's it, it's just this really unnerving image of just a Santaran completely in the nod. So it basically goes head, shoulders, and then everything just goes in. It's <laughs> a really bizarre fucking sight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got. I mean, I've got to say, I'm sure. Or Tom Foster sees uh, sees something in 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 that. Um, sees, yeah, sees something. There's another. You've got the you've got the um, general star. Star. You got no, star, Don, yeah. My um, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, nothing will hate him. I I adore Strax. He's he's just he's not your typical Santara. He is no, more no. of a comic. Kind of, I think there was something slightly went wrong in his particular match. Um, you know, the fact that they can't tell the difference between, you know, female and male, or whether that's just Strax, I think maybe he just can't tell. Between I, think, I, think, male I, think, female. I think he's just similar. I mean, what I love about Strax is the fact that, yes, he was he was just an atypical Sontaran, but I do like the way that they. Don't sometimes are not necessarily inherently villainous. Mm. It's just the way that they've been written. So there is the potential because I, I always thought that Strax was what if there was a Sontaran that turned good? Yeah, they just worked out the logic of it. But I think as he's been serving his penance, mm. he's actually because he's working with good people doing good things yeah, in a very Sontaran kind of... way, he's kind of developed a conscience. Yes. He's kind of developed that sort, that sort of, that sort of moral compass, which is all down to who he's serving, who he is taking orders from. Mm. You know, if so he, if he was up in Good Man Goes to War, he would have just been. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we do get a, a, a slight hint of that in um, uh, Name of the Doctor. You know, when you know when the Doctor's timeline's being erased, 
and all of a sudden he, you just see Strax go dark. And, yeah. you know, he's just, he's, he's just there to totally pulverize uh, Madame Vastra. And I just, I, I thought that was probably the most unnerving I'd ever seen Strax because, you know, what if Strax went bad? He's now a, quite a big, you know, that could be, that'd be quite a, a big story idea. I mean, I just love his comedy. I just love the way that they can get him to do uh, comedy, but it's not necessarily silly gags. It works in terms of the sort of, like in Crimson Horror. I just absolutely love. It's how he delivers those lines. Yeah, ex- exactly. He's all down to so, Dan Stark. So especially when like, the, the bloke turns up at the door, he's like, he announced himself and then fell over. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's requested permission to enter, and then he fell over. What are we to make of it at all? And um, was it... Um, Horse, you've learned in your mission. <laughs> Horse, <laughs> yes. Horse, you're failing your mission. And yeah, he meets Thomas Thomas. And, uh, <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. Ah, Tom, do, not Thomas. To es- do not attempt to escape, or you shall be obliterated. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> so it's, it's glorious. The, it's the simple things. I mean, I'm half. I half wonder whether he's kind of slightly autistic. This is the certain things, and again, it's this is a, an audio. Oh, like a slightly autistic Sontaran. <laughs> this is it's, it's just the way things like it's it's. <clears throat> He's there's a, there's an audio where this completely different way, yes. There's, there's this audio bit where this one woman walks up to him and says, uh, "Excuse me, can I ask you a question?" And he goes, "Yes, good day," because he thinks <laughs> that's the question, and it's like, "No, no, no, no." Like, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, that was the question. Easy. Easy. He got to the question. Like, yes. That is how my son. My son's my son's got ADHD, and that is how he would. If I would ask him something, it'd be like. I'd get a one-word answer and then you'd disappear. And like, no, 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 no. And that's kind of a bit strax. Oh, it's, oh, it's just like kind of like, yes, goodbye. No, I gotta be What happened? What was it? And she goes through these whole questions of what would you do if a burglar came into your house or something? And I think it's just, well, I'd uh, you'd find him and then I would obliterate him with maximum effort. Or something like that. And it's just like, uh, and then she says, No, you failed. I was like, but he just doesn't get it and just walks off. <laughs> no. And what I loved about Dan Stark as well, it's, it's um, I think it was just as they'd done um, the first, the, I think it was the first Paternoster story that they did. Um, they wheeled him out at um, the Doctor Who experience, and it's on YouTube, the uh, the uh, audience for the Sontaran. And they got Dan Stark in there, actually did, got, him, got him in costume, and he was just. Apparently he was just glorious, and there's a story that the story that mate of mine, mate of mine told me, and I hope to God this is true. Uh, he was all done for the kids, so he he went he went you know uh, he was speaking as a Sontaran. As yeah, you know, why are you so short? Why am I so short? I'm from a very tall clone batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if someone had called you a potato? I would simply smile and walk away after I had crushed his skull with my massive fists. <laughs> It was brilliant. And um, my mate had gone up to him because you could get an autograph from Strax. And he's, like I say, and my mate went up to him and he, he says, um, I said, Can I get your autograph? He says, There's certainly Earthing Scum and all this. You know, everyone wanted to be called Earthing Scum. It was just brilliant. And he said, Now, can I, you know, get for, you know, from, from you? He says, Ah, this one is a man of great, great military intelligence. He knows my code name. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, it was so. I, oh. I, I, I wish I was there. I genuinely wish I was there. That is, and that shows that with an actor who has that particular role mm. and just does service to the fans and just, you know, knows. I think sometimes with actors, 
who have had um, like iconic like or like they're known for one particular role mm. sometimes they try to not yeah they don't not, embrace it he definitely I think has embraced that role like you say, mm, especially yeah, he's going to yeah. be dressed up as Strax you know you can't not be Strax in Strax if that makes sense I think it, I've seen I think I've seen that one either that is he's done it at like a, a school for kids and they've just been asking him some really random questions and he's just totally deadpan he doesn't even laugh and like some of the answers he's given out I'm like I don't know how you're not how are you not cracking it's up? Like, it's like the, the the and I've done it on TikTok as an audio at Christmas. It's the it's the, it's him as Strax, it's the new Christmas carols, and it's the whole kind of like when the red red rod becomes Bob 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 and goes on. Use a twitching avian as target practice. It, and, <laughs> and he's got all the other characters like next to him. They're creasing up left and he's just deadpan straight. <laughs> I was just like, straight straight down straight down. But that's what makes it so much more funny. Makes oh, it so much more funny. And he's just he's. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're so we're near towards the end, but I have one final. I'm going to be a little bit rupal here. I have one final question. Rupal? Who should go home tonight? Um. So, uh, the Sontarans. Uh, if you had a choice, if you were say, if if Chris Chibnall or whoever said, right, you have the power to write a Sontaran story. What would it be? What would it be and why? It would be a... I mean, mine would be a proper, proper, honest to God, bloodthirsty, base under siege, Sontarans versus the Rutans story that deals with war and people dying and suffering and just how nasty the Sontarans can actually be. Mm. And actually reaffirm them to say, no, these are proper dangerous foes. They are not just something you sort of wheel out. Mm. And I mean, I'm not I'm, like saying you don't need to be a joyless episode. So it might even be a story where Strax does turn up and he kind of has to make the choice whether mm. to serve his people or, you know, you know, mm. care to, to, to the, the greater good. Um, mm. I, I would, I would certainly, because I mean, we know that we know that Jody can face. If Jody can face up to the Jadoon, she can face up to the Sontarans. Well, I say face up, face down, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm here. Oh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But having said that, you can make all the short gags you like. It's the fact that when they're, yeah, you know, when they're pummeling someone to a pulp. You know, because you know they, that's how you know that's how they would. They, that is actually there's um there's a video. I don't know whether anybody's seen it. It was um it was a, a spin-off called Shakedown. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Yes, I know. Very, very good. Very, very good. I would have something like that. Genuine. Oh, absolutely. Because they, you know, so obviously you had you had the you had the the, the comedy and everything else in it, but it was a it was a strong space opera with Sontarans being Sontarans and doing Sontaran things and not looking like they had all got jaundice. Or doing that. Or yeah because that chat lips. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you it is one of the most it is one of the most glorious examples that you will ever see of a Sontaran face palming. His <laughs> subordinate says something daft you know, um, he says, have you found the engineer? No, no, sir. We're about to go looking. And he turns it. Where shall I start looking for the engineer? And he says, to find an engineer, 
I would go look at engineering. He goes, of course, sir. And he, his boss just goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. um, After you, well, go on. <laughs> yeah, what would, what, would, what would you like to include? You don't have to give us a full synopsis or, or anything like that. Yeah, not, that I, not that I've had time to sit and think about this, of course. To be honest, I probably, it's like Matt says, it's like you need to see, like, for a warrior race that, in their own words, do not just run away from a battle. They face their enemies in glorious combat. You want to see them actually do what they say on the tin. Like you've seen the Daleks fight. You've seen Cybermen and, and how they, you know, minus the delete comments. Uh, <clears throat> but you've not really seen the the Sultarans be Sultarans. You want to see them proper, proper battle with, you know, their ships blowing up big holes in walls and just yeah with the odd bit of I mean you almost almost maybe what you want to do the battle where the where Strax does get picked up by the doctor but from the Sontaran's point of view as to mm. how it ended mm. up to that yeah and then he disappears off I'm just crushing this man this, this skull with my bare hands so you know, <laughs> right. nice off we go and then just <laughs> just see me brutal mm. warriors and Scare the crap out of the kids. Yeah, yeah. Something That's... that will proper give them nightmares. Yeah, properly Pro- give them. I don't like potatoes anymore, Mum, because I've just seen <laughs> one crush that man's head with his parents. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that concludes <laughs> our. On that note, that concludes our conversation um, with the Sonatarans. I just want to say to both of you, marvelous men. Um, thank you so much for, jo- for joining. Nice. It's good night from me and it's good night from him. <laughs> it's yeah. good night from me and it's good night from him. <laughs> it is good night from, from me as well. YouTube it, kids. Um, or ask yes. your mum. <laughs> ask your parents. But absolutely. Well, thank you so much, both of you. And um, yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna do the whole YouTube thing, like like and subscribe to the channel to find out more. And I know that. you. People are clever. They know what yeah. they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> They know. If they don't, why have you not subscribed? Do it. <laughs> subscribe now. Subscribe in the name yeah. of the Sontaran Empire. <laughs> there we go. Right. So, thank you so much. I'm oh, sorry. Let me just find.